Well, welcome to Super High Sci-Fi. And now we're going to start the show like that. <laughs> so I hope you were happy with that read. <laughs> it's episode 19. Uh, we haven't, I guess, inhaled Joker crazy gas here. That really was Grant talking. <laughs> uh, Justin's back wearing a red shirt, so maybe he'll die by the end of this. I hope not. And Sam is uh, joining us again, as you can hear, from New Jersey, where uh, I assume that you haven't fallen into the ocean yet. No, and the uh, thunderclaps have stopped. Good, good. Okay, because last time we thought that, you know, you you were about to be killed in a Titanic storm or something. Yeah, there was a lot of flooding, actually. It was crazy here for a bit. Not Texas-like, but still. Awkward. (laughs) So let's start with some news, Sam. Lay it on us. Blow us up. Uh, well, as it's been making the rounds, as uh, people may or may not know, Disney with Disney's takeover of all the Star Wars stuff, um, they've declared a lot of the expanded universe stuff as legends now and not real. So they've been starting to go ahead before the release of the new movie um, and expanding the universe themselves through comics and various other methods and one such way. That or one big change that they've made now is that apparently Han Solo has been married the entirety of the movies. So that's kind of a major change to the universe. So he's yeah. been married all along, even before he met Luke and Ben Kenobi in the bar? Well, the, the comic that uh, Sam's talking about takes place between A New Hope and Empire. Okay. So, like, at least he was married at that point in time, or maybe, like, some kind of shotgun marriage to this woman. Um, it's really not clear because it sort of ended on a cliffhanger just saying like, oh, I'm his wife and, you know, a shock face from Leia and, you know, Han face palming kind of. Oh. That was the end. <laughs> you know Maybe what I'm like, thinking though like, now? What? Because it is a, it's a black woman. Maybe they borrowed um from the old expanded universe. What's, what was that woman's name? Salah's End? Yeah. Who was the smuggler? Yeah. Yeah. In the original Han Solo origin story, who was in love with him, right? As I recall, yeah, yeah. The the only other thought that I had was maybe, maybe him and um, Lando are closer. Maybe they're like related through like, <laughs> Lando's sister or something or cousin. Oh, well, what? What? Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, I mean, they could just throw anything out here at this point, and I'm just like trying to speculate. Wait, wait, you're saying Han and Lando are related? <laughs> I mean, well, by marriage, not. possibly oh. is what he's saying. Are you going to say like they were brothers or something? No, no, no. But that's just as out there. Like, no. that could work. They I could. Mean, that's how they introduce her a little bit and explain why they're so friend friendly with each other. Besides their other history, I guess. Yeah. So you, do you think it's Lando's sister? I don't know. Hey, Might with Disney, be. I think it's possible. I'm just thinking of re-releases that they make for, like, Empire Strikes Back, where Lando's like, ah, Han, like, turns away, my brother. Meet my <laughs> sister. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even talking about superimposing, you know, with this chick in there, just, you know, <laughs> adding new lines to Lando. Just having Billy D. Williams do some ADR and yeah. just, uh... <laughs> Hi, Han, my brother-in-law. <laughs> Welcome to Cloud City. Where's your wife? My sister. <laughs> <laughs> I got a million kinds of problems here. There's also uh, another bit of news regarding. I mean, there's been a whole bunch of um, released comics and everything. If you have Marvel Unlimited, which is pretty useful service, um, they have a whole lot of older stuff now that happens way before the movies. They're also kind of 
doing some fill-in as well after episode four and uh like like you were saying justin and um the empire strikes back which was it's weird it's interesting but there's also going to be a mobile game where they kind of fill in between what happens between uh return of the jedi and the force awakens a mobile game as opposed to like a sedentary game well you know what i mean like on mobile on like phones the force awakens uh, isn't that the title of the new movie that's coming out? It is. Oh, is I'm I, for some reason I was thinking about that. Uh, the Force Unleashed. Yes, that that was, that was that a video awful game. game. Yeah. yeah, two okay. games. First, the first one was good. The second one shouldn't be spoken of. But uh, yeah, there's 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 another. This is the period between the Return of the Jedi and the Force Awakens, and basically it's 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 going to interview. It, basically, what happens is the Empire is trying to cover up the fact that the Death Star two was blown up. And they're trying to be like, oh, nothing to see here, guys. Move along. The Empire's still super strong. And there's a guy who takes over for the Emperor. And there's like a big, dark, uh, like, stormtrooper that has some, like, red symbols on him or her, who might be um, the actress in Game of Thrones. There's a lot of speculation. There's a uh, couple in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's basically, it's, you know, it's supposed to, it's called Star Wars Uprising. Hey, it's supposed to fill in a little bit between the two movies, but I can't believe it's going to be on a it's, a... it's a cell phone game. Sounds like shit. Yeah, it does. I can't believe that they're choosing to release new information through something. It's just... I gotta say, if these are the first things they're starting to come out of them owning the property, it's not a good omen. No. Because, I mean, especially if this is like a freemium type thing. I don't really care about the fact it's a game. I don't care if it's freemium or not. I just think their story is kind of stupid. The entire top leadership of the Empire gets whacked, and they lose their Super Star Destroyer. But right, because it wasn't just Vader and the Emperor; he had all his, you know, his whole court there. Like in the one scene, all those guys are there meeting with the Emperor while Vader's waiting, and Mm. yeah, and they all got wiped out. (laughs) But they still have like the Moff Council or whatever. They weren't there, were they? Is that canon anymore? According to Disney. Like, like you know, there were the Grand Moffs and everything. Like, there, I mean, I'm, there were got to be more than just the one. See, I, I, I don't not, think that's canon anymore, though. The whole idea of like a, like a Grand Admiral and a, yeah. like the only Grand Moff that we know of was Tarkin, right? Yeah. In the, you know, chronology of the films. So I'm just yeah. wondering if that like falls under the legends now. Yeah. Well, if it does, that that's what I'm saying. If you only have the film to go off of, it seems like all of the Emperor and all of the Emperor's top dudes are on the Death Star. So, yeah, so there's really, so somehow this one guy, this was the guy who wasn't high enough who took over the Empire now to be on the cool committee that was out there, and so he gets the job now, I guess. I, I don't know. I think there's a better story to tell if the Empire and the Rebellion are, like, inverted in their relative power or better match as opposed to if they're just going to try and rehash the the Empire's still super powerful and evil and here's Darth bad guy kind of thing. Oh, there there's one thing though I gotta say about this game which really is interesting. So you can play as a whole bunch of different like classes besides like you can be smugglers, rebel guerrilla fighters, but you can also be a diplomat or a gambler. 
wow. in this game. Yeah. Hmm. Is it actually different I, gameplay in those classes, or is it kind of similar uh, across all of them? Do you know that? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, the game hasn't been, I don't believe it's been released yet or anything. These are just like early details I, I forgot from an article. But the, the article that I found made a great quote. Um, they weren't really sure why you'd bring someone whose defining trait is something like really good at Savic into a fight, but you know, that's what they're doing, I guess. Good at what? Savic. If you ever played, uh, uh, you know, Knights of the Old Republic, there was like a game in the game. It that was, was like that was Pizak. Oh, it was. It wasn't Savic. Yeah, Savak is the one that comes up later. It was. Uh, P-A-Z-Z-A-C-K, I think. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, so I guess it's... He had too much Juma juice, huh? (laughs) (laughs) They're trying to... I mean, I guess, you know, the thought is they're trying to, like, smuggle this information out, maybe, that the Death Star 2 was destroyed and everything to try and get the galaxy, like, up in arms to oppose the Empire. Okay. This sounds so retarded. I know. Sad. Let's let's talk about something else. Um... There's, there was a game, it, I, I know we don't do video games a lot, but um, if anyone's ever heard of Dead Man's Sky, it was a procedural that was released at E3 last year and a couple other shows, and it's basically just like, you're in a spaceship, you can go into space, do various things, you can land on a planet really easily, it's a big procedural game, where like just like randomly generate all these various planets and everything, it just... It looked amazing. If you want to give yourself hope as to a fun sci-fi game, go take a look at it because it's absolutely – it looks amazing. And it hadn't had a release date for a long time, but it's finally uh, – it's supposed to be coming out this year. Yeah. Is that No Man's Sky? What? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. No you said Man's Dead Man, Sky, I think. But yeah, so that's finally com- – that's coming out this year apparently. So – yeah, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a cool. game, honestly. And they say you're never supposed to really meet someone else. It's going to be super rare because everyone starts so far away. So, I don't know. We don't know much about gameplay, but it's finally got a release here, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Neat. Oh, and Let's play Eve now. <laughs> what about <sighs> Star Citizen? When's I've actually heard of that game, but I don't know when it's when it's coming out. I'd have to look. I was impressed by by the what they've released so far yeah. with that game. Looks very expansive, and that was a Kickstarter, wasn't it? Oh, that just started. Mm-hmm. Things can yeah, do. I heard that Sony's kind of bankrolling them a bunch, but they've managed to stay like not. They haven't been acquired by Sony, thankfully, because the game creator had another game. Like, I'm blanking on the name of it, but like Microsoft basically took it over, and he had a very bad experience with them. Notch. Yeah, I think that was it. So Minecraft, you might have heard of Minecraft. <laughs> but uh so he's they've managed to keep it good. There's a lot of interesting articles about it. And uh my last little piece of news is that um the actress who played Lieutenant Uhura in the original series had a minor stroke, but thankfully is uh supposed to be okay. What's her name? Uh, you probably know her name better than I do. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Nichelle Nichols. Thank you. <laughs> Sammy, bring in the research to the table. Uh, I got most of it. I know I can lean on you guys for the rest. <laughs> <laughs> well, is, um, I guess it's 
was a minor stroke yeah. then if she's doing yeah, well? Yeah, she's, she's totally fine. It was like one of those mini strokes. They said that she was absolutely normal in the hospital. So, But, she, you know, she's getting up there. I mean, she, these things start happening, I she's guess. She's in her 80s now? Yeah, she's like 82, yeah. I think. Yeah. Funny she how you never see William Shatner in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Shatner, I believe you found some news on him, Clark. That he's not going to be in Star Trek Three. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I did find that. I completely forgot I sent that to you guys. Yeah, <laughs> my summary. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he's not going to be in Star Trek Three. They're not going to force the cameo because it won't feel right. Yeah, I'd be. I'd really crack up if they like shoehorn him in like they would Stanley. Like he like starts selling some like uh, trip advising or something like that. Be like, hey guys, you can go to the other side of the galaxy for this price. Yeah. <laughs> See, I would I say Spock would be back, but Leonard Nimoy's dead. The plan. Yeah. I, I don't know. He, his inclusion didn't <laughs> make sense in the first place, but I, he's always been their crutch. Yeah, I mean, it just seemed like his whole inclusion was just sort of like a you know blessing kind of thing, even though it still sucked, but... <laughs> Let's put Chekhov in. Let's see Walter Koenig, yeah. what he's doing with his life. Let's have Chekhov be Isn't in there he now. Be in we have to dial up Chekhov to find out, out all about or the like bad guy now. Made ones or something. I feel like I saw it. we talked about that a while ago. Yeah, that Star Trek Renegades thing. Yeah, where it's going to be dark and edgy people on the dark and edgy ship. Yeah, he's like an admiral now. Yeah, he and Tuvok make the secret team yep. on the. I don't even know what you want to call it. the the edgy latex ship. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. This fan made, you said? Uh, I, I think the pilot is a Kickstarter fan made type thing. Like, it's okay. real actors in it, but it's the money is crowdfunded. Mm, gotcha. And it's with an eye towards getting picked up for a series or something from a network yeah. or whomever. Mm. Good luck. Okay. It it sounds really edgy. The, the better one. Too edgy for me. More is yes. Yeah, another uh, another fan project mm-hmm. or fan funded project. I think so. That's coming out this year, isn't great, it? Great actors in that, and the CGI actually looks pretty decent. Doesn't look that like terrible or anything. And there's um, I know we've plugged it before, but there's a 20 minute short video called "The Prelude to Axnar." Definitely worth checking out. Uh, you just started sounding like a computer again. Did I really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, really. <laughs> just got a lot worse. Well, actually, you know what's funny? This time I can hear you guys and you sound like a little bit of a computer, too. Cool. All right, so we're just done with the uh, news. Yep. Move on to the main event. Yeah, so all of the, the news is out of the way now, and it's time to continue part of our... Uh, our promise to the listeners about uh, talking over aliens in our continuing efforts to unravel the aliens, alien versus predator, predator, whatever that whole thing, conglomerate franchise. <laughs> Shared mythology. Yeah, so we watched Aliens. Take it away, Grant. Best movie in the whole franchise. That's my verdict. I'm sorry, the cat the cat got away this time. He did. He was left behind. Uh, I'm pretty sure that he wanted to be there to cause mayhem and wreak havoc upon the poor Marines, but 
she made him stay behind. Yeah, that was really sad. <laughs> I immediately thought of that when I was watching the movie. I was like, oh, the cat, the cat's not going to make it. The cat looked pissed, too. It's like, Fuck can't that complete, cat. Can't complete the ultimate mission of uh, getting the alien back alive. That cat's a piece of shit. <laughs> killed all those people. I, I no, guess I, it... I'm sorry, go on. Yeah, I, I kind of thought uh, Newt, the kid, uh, was kind of like the cat of this movie. <laughs> She could hide, though, and, like, show the others where to go at least a little bit. Yeah, but, I mean... That cat could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Rip- the cat Ripley in the movie go, is Burke. The Ripley has to go rescue Newt like she had to go rescue the cat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, at least nobody died when, you know, Ripley went that time. Well, yeah. I guess you could say, you know, Bishop did, but, yeah. <laughs> He's kind of still alive at the end. They gave, him a little, they gave him a little IV full of, like, the milk stuff. Oh, yeah, he was bag. in the little, uh, the, the stasis or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. I thought it was just, like, he was done. Yeah. I guess, I was a little disappointed that he never really went, like, evil, like, uh, the first android. I think that would have been too predictable, because, like, it was sort of building up, like, you know, Ripley saying, like, oh, man, I hate, you know, since, like, I don't trust you, like. So you were kind of expecting, like, oh, yeah, he might turn. Yeah. But, I mean, it would have been a little predictable if, like, oh, man, another, like, baddie android. Yeah, I think Justin's right. They they did – James Cameron did something really smart with that. He he played with the expectations. Mm. Uh, like, so there's, like, that scene in Med Lab where he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, it's so magnificent and stuff. Like, he's making you think that, oh, Bishop's evil. He's, like, a sleeper agent. But turns out to be actually, like, a decent uh, moral character and – I thought that was good because the first time you see it, you expect like, oh yeah, another fucking android that's going to like, you know, they're going to have to knock his head off or something. Yeah. yeah. Another way they built up a little bit was that first scene where they introduce him. I don't know if they said he was a synth or not at this point, but with the knife scene. He prefers the term artificial person. I don't give a shit what he prefers, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, this artificial person, like uh, the knife scene, like it's like, oh man, this guy's real dangerous. He can do this like crazy feat, like, right. you know. The milk and the fingers, like he never misses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like else. Bishop's character though much better than I liked Ash in the first movie. Yeah, I think Bishop's just a better. Uh, he's more expressive, uh, an android, I guess, than Ash was. Like Ash, he always seemed like he was. Uh, he was. I mean, he was hiding a lot of things, but he was very uh, close emotionally like he never yeah. really let things slip what he was what he was thinking whereas bishops like you know he registers surprise and things like that like oh we're not leaving what the hell and stuff yeah I mean, that's kind of like uh i guess the time difference cause it's like uh 50 some 60 years or so yeah, after fi- the first movie 57 years yeah um so i mean they even address it saying like oh yeah you know those earlier ones were kind of buggy like right and, and now they're following asimov's laws you know, yeah just, exactly like, it's like why oh they didn't do shit that in the first we, place that <laughs> if statement was wrong safe. in there right. right yeah yeah three laws safe <laughs> yeah um, so i mean they, they kind of like say oh you know the technology's improved since you know you last saw your crazy fictional aliens out Ash there seems time. more like a robot yeah. Then an android, I guess, to make the distinction. Well, so in the first movie, I'm trying to remember, did they actually, like, were they aware there were, like, things that exist like androids? I guess they did, because they were able to hook it up. In the first movie? Yeah. 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 Okay. 
I wasn't sure if they were, I was trying to remember if they were surprised, like, oh my god, an android, what is this, sort of thing, but no, because I remember they hooked it up, and it's like, oh yeah, no problem, hook up his head. Yeah, I mean, it's handy to have when you're doing all those deep space voyages and shit, the android to, I guess, walk around the ship while everybody's sleeping. Yeah, but I mean, that guy was sleeping because, well. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's, I think it's just like a standard, it's a space thing. Okay. You, you get the android. Deal with it. Deal with it, yeah. <laughs> But he's he seemed more like a a robot program to kind of have a facsimile of humanity, whereas Bishop and the later ones in the other movies seem to have actual like personality characteristics. Yeah, he had that funny line when they need him to go out and call the ship where he's like, I'm not stupid. I don't want to uh you know, I don't want to die. Even yeah. though he seems completely yeah. fine out there, like nothing none of the aliens attack him. Which that is was, odd. That was, I kind of was, I kind of thought that was really odd too. That he was like out there that long, like working on you know the, I guess it was some sort of remote control for the spaceship. Yeah. And like, the aliens never attacked him. Like I don't know if it's like they can't sense him because he doesn't have like you know. I think it's because they were so focused on getting into the complex. That was like what their whole goal was at that point so he kind of just slipped under their radar that's how i took it okay there's, yeah. there's just so many of them you'd think that at least one would like stumble upon him and like oh movement but at that point there there actually aren't that many of them left because they use the those uh sentry guns yeah sentry guns and uh, the yeah. sentry guns kill like i don't know like probably a hundred the of majority them, so. of the, yeah the majority the of them die in like that service tunnel trying to get in and the sentry guns just blast really? them because like when they were in the operations and like they're like oh man they're closing in and they come in through the ceiling yeah like if you look on the, the radar it looks like there's like you know 20 30 dots or whatever yeah well i take it like they said in the beginning there's like 60 70 families so times four if we assume it's a nuclear family right so there'd be a maximum right of what is that 240? Yeah, two, 280 aliens. Yeah. So I say they kill like at least half of them mm-hmm. in those tunnels and with the sentry guns at the two points in the complex. And then the rest of them are in that complex trying to get in at the at the um, end there when they cut the power. Yeah. And then that's why when Ripley goes down to the hive that there's only like a few of them there because the rest of them are all like taking over the complex. Yeah. I always read Bishop being ignored as more of like whatever makes the aliens try to attack and kidnap people. They just they ignore Bishop like they ignored they didn't smash you know the the forklifts or anything. Mm. Like they know he's a machine. He, yeah, he's just a machine to them. So I I think that it's probably not on their radar because he has no real value to them. He's not. You can't put a host. You can't put an egg in him. That's mm. true because something they do do in this movie that I like that expands the mythology a bit. They really uh, expand the intelligence of the alien. Like in the first movie, I don't, I think they get, you get a sense that it's a, like a predatory hunter creature, mm-hmm. but not that it's incredibly intelligent. Like we know it's intelligent enough maybe to find like the one place on the ship where it knew it was safe when the ship was to blow up. <laughs> Right, but in this one, they make specific references that, oh, the queen, like, built her nest, like, under the one place they couldn't fire their guns, or, yeah. you know, they cut yeah. the power. And well, I do, think that goes yeah. a lot to, like, the queen sort of, like, you know, maybe if they are, you know, similar to how he was talking about, like, ants or whatever, like, 
it's creating like some pheromone like hey like you guys go this way or something like this yeah. and attack there so like it may have been the queen actually controlling a lot of that versus like you know a single alien being like oh just a predator looking to lay eggs in your face yeah yeah i always thought the queen was like the drones were intelligent enough to be you know autonomous and left on their own but the queen was the one who had like the human level intellect that was kind of playing chess with people trying to move the pieces around mm. yeah. yeah that's that's a real good uh analogy for that it is yeah <laughs> i just make these great analogies <laughs> um got got love of course can't not mention uh the classic line game over man well, he has so many classic lines, Fucking right? Hudson. Yeah. Game over, man. Though that was uh, that was improvised. That wasn't in the script. He just hmm. he put that in there, and they were just like, "Oh yeah, that works. We're just going to keep that." Well, he just has so many good lines in this. Like uh, in the that we watched, we all watched the special edition <laughs> for, right. for this. So. Like in the part where he's talking, where they're in the dropship, and he's like, you know, Ripley, my squad of ultimate badasses and I are going to protect you and stuff, and talking about all the weapons they have, and like <laughs> yeah, the part- yeah, particle beam that. phalanx or whatever. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, what are we going to do, man? And stuff, like, you want some of this? It seems like they have so many weapons yet when they get there. I mean, I know that they lose a bunch and everything. It just, it seems like they have so many, a ridiculous amount of weapons, and yet they're gone so quickly. Well, I kind of liked how they actually handled that because in in this movie they were like, oh, hey, we're running low on ammo. And it wasn't just like, you know, Rambo style, just like fire nonstop, don't care. It's like, oh, the sentry guns are running out of ammo. This is like actually, you know, actually like a threat to us now. Like we're not going to be able to protect ourselves anymore sort of thing or, you know, uh, showing Ripley how to like reload and whatnot. Yeah. So it was like, okay, ammo is an actual concern in this movie rather than a lot of movies that don't handle that at all. Well, this movie I thought was really brilliant in the way it took the story to another level because I think when James Cameron, he got this assignment on spec when he was like waiting to film Terminator or something. And he he knew about the first one that was like the haunted house in space and he pitched this one as Vietnam in space. And I so I think it, that analogy works because they're, you know, the superior firepower comes in and thinks they're just going to conquer and kick ass like uh, the sergeant is saying when they're gearing up on the ship. But then they're faced with like these primitive but superior numbers against them and they're slowly backed into a corner. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the Vietnamese having uh, acid blood, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Right, but you know they were yeah, hiding, yeah. and you know, but they were like, also geared for like a conventional operation of, I guess, killing space moles or something. Right, or because they're like, like, oh, it's a fucking bug hunt, so you can assume they've gone and killed like they've done know, this. Yeah, they, so could some sort of like space aliens that yeah. are a pest, yeah. but yeah. nothing that's like some. I guess something that they weren't go- working against something that had an actual intelligence that would be able to do something like ambush them, or you know trick them into shooting an alien next to one of their friends so the acid blood would spew all over them. Just Yeah. Yeah, that's something I really like is that they put all this subtle critique of like military tactics and in, in there and just the assumption that if you have superior firepower you're just gonna, you know, kill anybody who's in your way. Mm. And the technology default that means that you're gonna do better than the other guy and shows like, well, 
you know, it's all comes down to the people behind it. Cause the, like the Lieutenant, right. He, he didn't know how to do anything and he was just talking into his little headset, telling them what to do. And, uh, uh he didn't know what was going on. So. Yeah. And Ripley's yeah. like, you know, Hey, we shouldn't fire in here. It's like, Oh, why not? It's like, don't fucking fire in here. <laughs> like, like, Oh, fucking great. Like, you know, and he, and he's not pulling them out. He's just assuming that they're going to still rape the aliens or whatever, because they're Marines. Yeah. Yeah. Just stay there, guys. Just don't fire your guns. Just, yeah. just, just everyone go around the flamethrower person. That's it. Yeah, Except and then the, the guy else. who has all the ammo in the bag is like the first guy to die. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. on the shaft. <laughs> <laughs> and while the Marines um, still keeps her ammo anyway, she yeah, like Vasquez. hides the clip. The people, yeah. the Vasquez and... Um, Drake. Yeah, the, the smart gun with, guys. With the smart guns, yeah. They have the... She pulls out like her spare, I don't even know, like the power clip, battery pack, whatever that thing yeah. is. Yeah. Because she had a couple of them spare, but I just don't get like why you would put all your ammo with one person. It would be more like take it out of your gun and clip it back on your vest or something. I think they did that because they they knew that like they would be tempted to just slap it into the pulse rifle and start firing. But they fired like, yeah. the smart guns anyway. So it yeah, seems like that they were supposed to though. Yeah, but the damage is done. Plus, uh, what's his face pulls a shotgun out from Hudson, right? Yeah, I know. He's no, like, oh, yeah. that's okay, oh, no. though. Did he get that from the actual vehicle, though? Or was Hicks, that, like, on Hicks, him? Hicks, Hicks yeah. has the shotgun, but the thing with the pulse rifles was they're saying they couldn't use them because the rounds were explosive tipped armor piercing rounds. So, like, the shotgun is not going to damage any of the infrastructure. That's, mm. I guess. Gotcha. Yeah. I hope not. I mean, that just seems like kind of a big risk to take that. This one kind of bullet's too dangerous, but here, have a shotgun. <laughs> well, I, I mean, the whole the whole sequence where they're in the alien hive and stuff and getting their asses kicked, I mean, that's that's a really great part of the movie. I think that's actually probably my favorite part of the movie, that whole sequence where they get their asses kicked to the time where Ripley's driving the the APC and blasts through the, the tunnel door. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a really good scene. I guess one of the things that really bothered me was the trial of Ripley in the beginning. When they just kind of dismiss everything she says out of hand. It's like, oh, no, you were just trying to, like, blow the whole thing up. Not that we can find any real, like, reason why that would, you know, be advantageous to you at all. Like, it's just it, their whole trial, it it was a little too convenient in my mind. It's like they dismiss all this without doing any investigation. Like, oh, people live on there. So, obviously, you were just crazy and you just blew everything up. That must be... That must be the reason here. Where it's, where in reality, it's like you, you'd think that there would be some investigation into what she's talking about, especially if soldiers have had to deal with like bug hunts and shit like this before. I so think they they did do an investigation though. That was what um, what's his face Van Burke. Lewin, the no corporate guy Burke. Yeah, oh, Burke. Burke. Yeah. Did he say like, they really investigated it that hard though? Because like, well, that's why they sent the people out there, Newt's parents out there. Because they were like, oh, shit, there's a cool thing. And it's actually like a spacecraft, not just some fucking space, you know, moles or something living yeah. <laughs> in a, a cave. Like, it's a spaceship. Indicates, like, some maybe some higher intelligence. I'm going to send the survey team out there so, you know, we can cut the, you know, cut the deal and make all the money. The one thing that bothered me about that is, like, so he, the... Newt's parents go out there and they get a face hugger and go back to the colony, yeah. presumably, and... um. You feel like they would have radioed that back to Earth saying like, oh, hey, there's like this weird bug hugging to, you know, the face of this guy. And that would have like went with Ripley's story and like, okay, there is shit going down. Not just like, 
oh, hey, there's stuff happening. Like, the colony uh, operator said that it takes two weeks yeah. to send messages yeah, they had back delay. and forth. Well, still, yeah. you'd like, they'd send a message. By the time it got there, they'd be dead, but at least, like, oh, hey, it sounds like Ripley's story, and, okay, maybe we shouldn't revoke your pilot's license but and whatnot. I think if they sent that message, though, to the Burke guy, it would be like, okay, cool, well, then we'll send the Marines, because they'll kill the whatever, and then we'll, we know they're there now, so we'll bring one back. Which he tries to do anyway. Right, that was his plan all along. But I'm saying a message saying like, hey, confirm the shit's here. He would be like, oh, really? Wow, that's even better. We should definitely go now. Because you've got to make the bioweapons money. I I guess I thought too, though, that they would like, you'd think they'd investigate before they put a whole colony there. But now that I think about it, she Ripley was stuck in like stasis for like 56 years or whatever. So all they know is that all this shit blew up and they don't really know why it blew up. Yeah, they have no idea that... um the original crew went to that planet and even checked out yeah. the distress signal. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, all they said was that they knew for like from the flight recorder or whatever that they recovered was that the ship set down on the planet and they didn't know why. And then it resumed flight. And then she set it to blow like, you know, less than 24 hours after landing on the planet. And yeah. I, I'm not so bothered by the, their interrogation of her because the whole reason they set down on that planet was that special order that Ash got and so naturally, I'm assuming that wouldn't be like in the flight recorder because it's like a secret company yeah. order or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the people who probably gave that order are either like dead or retired by the time Ripley gets picked up in space. So nobody at the company even knew any of that stuff existed. Or if they did, they probably wouldn't talk about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. it'd probably just be Burke and, you know, people above him or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Not the lawyers getting... that were. I don't know. Was Burke really that high up? He he seemed kind of like a low level guy to That's me. That's what I don't get. Yeah. Why was Burke even? Why did he even like why accompany he go? the Marines? Like he just. I mean, unless like it's just like a company or like went for the same reason Donald Gennaro goes to the park in hmm. Jurassic Park, the lawyer. He went because his superiors or the investors or whoever is running his life wants them to. Like the bioweapons guy must have said, "Hey." You know, it's very important we get this, and Burke, you're middle, lower management. You're in charge of this. This is your thing. See, I didn't take it that way. I took it as Burke got assigned to her case when she got unfrozen, right? And she meets him in the hospital. And then when she's telling her story, he is interested in that. And then when they lose contact with the colony, immediately then he's like, okay, this might be real. I have to go because if I go... I'm the one who like makes the money off all this. Yeah, I kind of took yeah. it like that too. It seemed like it was an improvised plan. Yeah, and that that's the only reason why he's really there as the company rep because you know he probably like this is my turf. Like this I, this is his ticket. Yeah. See, I, he mentioned so much about like, oh, the colony costs so much money, we can't blow it up. That costs so much money, we can't do that. Hey, don't scuff the paint. That costs a lot of money. It seems like yeah, Wayland Utani was like, hey, you know, we spent forty whatever billion credits on this shit go and then Burke was like yes I'll go and I'll also bring back a bioweapon to sell <laughs> money yeah like, he seemed like a really quintessential 80s businessman like <laughs> I, I've got my I guess my ostensible reason for going but also I have you know a finger full of cocaine and a hooker in the limo like I've got my backup plan <laughs> <laughs> yeah I suppose that it's open to interpretation but that is plausible I mean it just Suffice to say, he he's a slimy character. Oh yeah, he's great though. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, he play. I mean, he play, Paul Reiser plays it really well. I think he's a he's a great actor. He reminds me a lot of uh, Ellis from Die Hard. 
Oh, yeah. Hans. Booby, yeah. yeah. I'm your white knight. <laughs> Give me a Coke. <laughs> I got to say, though, his planning is not that great. Like, besides the whole plan, the, the beginning, him thinking that, oh, I'll just get Ripley and or Newt infected with one of the aliens, and then we'll get back with them and everything, like... I guess we have to give him some leniency because he doesn't know how long the incubation process takes, but like, still, it just it would never have worked. Like It was the dumbest plan ever. Well, the other thing is, like, getting Ripley or Newt infected, like, with the facehugger, like, when they wake up, they'll be like, well, I'm infected, you need to kill me. Like, at least Ripley would be like that, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, she'd probably be like, well, sorry, Newt, but you gotta go too. But, yeah. I mean, I don't think it'd ever play out that way, like... I feel like Ripley would, like, slash her throat before she'd let another one be born. Well, and Hicks even says that, you know, if it comes to that, that, you know, he'd kill them both. So he's already stated before that happens that, you know, if yeah, she... Yeah, you can't really yeah. hide someone having a face hugger on their face. <laughs> right. Like, oh, yeah, just put a, you know, a, a pillow over their face when they go in the stasis pod. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, that was after they'd already talked about, like, we need to get out of here. We need to nuke this place. Like, our plan is to hold out until we can get in a position to just blow this all up. And when Burke turns off the camera to, like, the observation room, he's all sweaty and shit, and it's like, (laughs) I think this is, it it was, like, his last chance, in his opinion, to get that, get to even try at getting his plan. It was his Dennis Mm. Nedry moment. Like, yeah, it was his Dennis (laughs) Nedry moment, exactly. It was his, he was going to either do it or not, like, it was do or die for his evil plan, so, fuck it. And and then when they confront him on it, he's like, no, you guys are yeah, crazy. Yeah. You're, it's, what it's, are you talking just, about? You're it's paranoid. Do you hear you guys? to draw from this. Come on, think about what you're saying here. <laughs> yeah. Not once does he deny it. He just says, no, you guys are just like crazy. What are you but talking I, about? But I love too that when he's saying all that, that like the Marines decide they're going to kill him and that's and that's when the, yeah. like, the, the power gets cut. But no, they were going to kill him anyways. And they're like, yeah. sorry, no offense, man. We're going to yeah. kill you though. Well, I mean, even then, like I don't get what he brings to the table that, okay, yeah. the power's out. You should just I still shoot him, him right there. Like, yeah. yeah. He's not going to help you at all. Like, he's already proven himself to be, like, a traitor scumbag. Well, he's I mean, okay, he be... actually did help a little bit because he locked them out of the one room that, you know, the alien was in. Yeah. He so, didn't intentionally I mean, help him. No, it didn't out. intentionally help him, but, you know, it let Newt, you know, lead him through the, the air ducts and whatnot. I, just, I think that he's so... I would just think that he'd be a liability in the dark if I were yeah. like Hicks or something. I would just yeah. shot him right after the power. And I'm like, okay, well, well that's we my don't thing. Need I just feel like around. he'd be a liability for the whole mission, and like all the Marines would be like, okay, bitch, you're staying in the ship, like you know, up in orbit, like don't even come near us, sort of thing. See, that just opens, you know, that that is another thing with, I guess, the metaphors in this yeah. movie about like corporate power and stuff. Like, how much influence does the company have on the Marines and you know, they they make all their weapons, they make all their ships. They probably like consult with them on their tactics and stuff. So basically are they really independent or are they just kind of another corporate asset? They co-finance the colony with the government. So they, they must be really Newtani must be immensely powerful. So it seems like the Lieutenant is ostensibly given the orders to the Marines, but like, the, you know, Burke is the one drawing the, the battle plan here. The lieutenant's just right. executing it. Burke's he's, like authorizing everything. He's really in yeah. charge. Yeah, that's yeah. the impression I get. That, like, except the, except when um, the lieutenant dies and um, was it not Corporal, but whoever is not the Sarge, the next guy in line who's in charge and everything. They're Corporal like, Hicks? Yeah, Corporal Hicks. When Corporal Hicks is in charge, they're like, you know, it's up to you now. And he goes, yeah, it is. And he goes, we're going to nuke the planet. And I mean, clearly Bert, Bert was not cool with that, but he was still going to do it. 
Bert and Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of him better that way. But no, he wasn't cool with it, but I'm saying that like, you know, the maybe that maybe Hicks and plus after what just happened, plus Hicks isn't an officer, maybe he's just like, you know what, all right, fuck this, this is not worth my life. Yeah. Right. Whereas before, you know, Lieutenant what's his face, spineless guy and Sarge, like they fucking know that Mr. Burke writes the checks and if they don't do it when they get back home, they're gonna get their balls cut off by the military commission mm-hmm. Burke say so, like I think especially later in the other films, Waylon Utani is just like revealed to be the mastermind. Well, I, it's like if the Bilderberger group were public and like one company, it's just like there's so much power and it's Grant's right. They do everything for the government. They make all the weapons, package all the food, like all the crates and shit in the colony are Wayland Jutani. Like they, they built an entire new world. Basically they have that much power. Yeah. So and that, they're like Halliburton. Yeah, well, yeah, and I I love though that level of detail that James Cameron and the other concept designers put into the movie. Like, they design the cups, and <laughs> everything has the Whale and Utani logo the kids on it. The one thing I, I like about that though is it's a really short line, but it sort of expands on like the whole universe. They're like, hey, like this colony, it's a shake and bake colony. Like yeah. this is something we just like you know package up all these supplies, throw it down on the surface, and we send you know. 40, 60 some families down there and you know they yeah make build, the planet building livable. better worlds right that's their yeah yeah <laughs> I mean they'd obviously gone pretty far ahead of time because they were able to be outside just chilling well they said they've been there like 20 years but that it seems like a very short amount of time to make you know the air breathable that's what I mean like they've got to work yeah it's impressive well that whole I, I think the atmosphere processor was fully automated right yeah. so yeah it was just the colony's job was to, I guess, to like monitor it and do exploration and Babysit stuff. Babysit the fusion reactor, I think, is what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Just make sure the atmosphere thing kept working. Yeah, and so I guess it's immensely powerful. It was just like this modular thing that you can just set down and set it to work and it just goes. Which, again, if the people who make that and put it on planets are telling you, hey, do this, and you're probably going to do it. Right. I, by the way, that's such a cool technology. If If we could get close to something like that which i know would involve cracking the fusion power code you know that'd be like solve global warming right there can suck all the carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and just convert it <laughs> yeah the atmosphere renewer yeah yeah one of the better techs in master of orion too yeah start to... that, that they actually were buying uh the terraforming costs <laughs> yeah it's like they set the terraforming project down and just hit buy they had enough bc to subsidize it yeah, <laughs> it was a pretty good move on their part. Yeah. I love. I I just come back to that to all that. I just like the, the the designs in this movie. Um, just and that detail you're talking about with like they you know the corporate logo is on everything and the corporation has designed and provided everything to like down to the pens and the yeah. paper and stuff like that. I, I just mean even like I said down to the kids' big wheel. Like, yeah, it has way like, that they make the toys for the children who live on the colonies that they set up like. Well, I think that goes back to the whole thing, just like, okay, you know, you know, each kid gets, you know, a big wheel and, you know, a doll's head. Like, (laughs) 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 yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, what kind of company body sold separately? Is that (laughs) like that horizontally and vertically integrated? Like, that's that's mind boggling. And yeah, and an alien three. 
which, you know, we'll get to that next week, but, you know, just to, to, they run the prison. Yep. They run, <laughs> they administer the prison. So they have like a whole division like that does prison uh, administration. So it just shows you like they've got their fingers and everything. James Cameron liked the designs too, though, I bet. Yeah, I think he, he, well, he had a lot of experience. I think his first real space movie was like doing for Roger Corman, those like Battle Beyond the Stars or something. And the, and they, you know, they were really good at teaching people how to do like really good looking practical effects because they had very low budgets. And you can see it in this movie. He like innovated a whole bunch of things that they do, like the part where the face hugger jumps onto Ripley in the yeah. med lab. They actually shot that in reverse with a puppet that he was operating with like a wire. Yeah. And then they just roll the camera footage, uh, you know, forward. And so it looks like the thing's jumping onto her face. I mean, just little things like that. And they saved a bunch of money and it looked great. Huh. I just was thinking that if you look at the the beginning where the administrator guys having the coffee, like, ah, oh, it takes two weeks to get communication from earth. God damn it. Yeah. yeah. If you look at that pan shot, they do what the, he and the other guy are walking through there and then look at like the original pan shot of like the, the mining office in avatar. It's yeah. al- it's almost exactly the same. Like if James Cameron could have put the holographic displays into the alien thing, oh, he would have. He would have. Yeah. Like that's still that's the same look. Like it just looks like the, the utilitarian kind of blue collar corporate. Like there's the little, command center that's just full of all that shit, and it's almost exactly the same. Yeah, I really like. Well, it's you know his vision, and then uh, like you got to give credit to Ron Cobb too. I mean, who did all the the spaceship designs, like we said, from the first movie and they brought him back and he did all the, the technology stuff for this movie too. Like all the Marine stuff and, and, uh, the colony design. And I mean, it looks like a reasonable update to what we saw in alien. So, but it's, it's, it's iconic. It's good. I like it. Aside from the hilarious shit, like just the, the bank computer type displays for the mini guns. Yeah, <laughs> and the, the alligator clips on a, a random part of a circuit board lets you hack it. Like, I think the technology looks actually pretty functional. Like, I think like you were saying about Mother, like maybe they wouldn't have the best. Like, if, if it's a colony, it's supposed to be rugged and durable. It just seems like all the shit was really chunky, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Like, it just looked industrial. Well, I think that's just so, like... It's not, well, I mean, there are families on there, but, like, yeah. it's meant to be, like, really repairable. Everything's easy to yeah, access, yeah. like, oh, you know, something gets, a, a fuse gets blown. Like, I want to have access to that really easily and not have to, like, pull out a whole wall to get to it or something like that. I think it looks much better than, like, the, I don't know, if they did it now, it would be like, ooh, Apple's going to design the colony. Yeah, it's, like, all <laughs> white would. walls. and Everything's going to be white and mirrored and, and curved, and there's going to be no sharp corners and... Touch pads. Right, that would, the aliens thing just seems more like uh, industrial, like they really are going to some place that's just, it's utilitarian, you're not meant to have a good time. Yeah, like they build that those whole colony complexes in some factories somewhere, yeah. and then just, it's like a module, they drop it, and then they just pull out the parts, right? Yeah, I, I just figured that they drop the pieces yeah. down there and then snap them together. Yep, yeah. that's how I see it. Send Bishop clones down there to snap the pieces together. <laughs> yeah, I, why wouldn't you? I guess that brings the question though of like, why wouldn't you make uh, android killing machines? Android killing machines? Yeah. What to deal with the aliens or any well, other native life? To yeah, to just deal with like any threats on the planet. Like, have android killing machine people guarding your colony. They're obviously not that expensive. Just mm. get a couple well, of them. Put are the, they like? I never got. 
that that they weren't expensive because like there's only why wouldn't one they on just like ship. you know in the first movie send a whole crew of androids or artificial right. humans whatever it was that racist. he'd like to be <laughs> I am a racist um so why wouldn't they just have the whole crew be androids instead of you know people because you don't have to right. I get that. I don't mean that they're not expensive, like they're at the same cost as, you know, a, a cell phone, but mm-hmm. they're not expensive, like a colony of however many billion dollars you're putting in there and you have all these people. Why wouldn't you put like four of them? Because they don't need to sleep. I, I just, think because they still look at androids, even though they have very human-like characteristics and thought processes in these movies, that they're still basically appliances, that they're, they're meant to do a task mm-hmm. and you still need human decisions in the process mm, and that's I why i mean i don't know what like maybe they have other plans for the shake and bake colonies they make like you know that people are actually going to live there long term and like generations are going to live there and mm. mine shit See, that seems to be what the purpose of the colony was like you know they're going out and, and looking for like mining stuff like all those uh wildcatters like newt's family were salvagers and looking for like you know, rich ore and stuff to pull out of the planet. It just doesn't seem like, you know, they want androids there. If Or maybe there were and they well, were just killed. That's the know. other thing. Like, <laughs> I feel like you would go to the planet and send out some scouts and be like, oh, hey, it's like mineral rich or whatever. Not the other way around. It seems like they did in this movie. It's like, okay, we put a colony down here. Now go look for stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> But I think that they were they had planned to like terraform the world anyway, just to make another colony. Maybe it was near right. a bunch of other mineral resource worlds or something. That, or it was supposed to be a bioweapons test ground sort of thing. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, I think that they just wanted to put people on the planet, and that was the whole point of the colony. And the atmosphere plant was just to like get that going, and then finding the minerals would have been like a bonus. Hmm. Like, oh, cool. There's um, we can put a mine here later. Yeah, it's a thought. Because they, I mean, they had no idea that that alien ship was there because yeah. didn't the well, administrators say that, like, that was, like, even beyond, like, where they had explored before, like, the furthest well, it, range? it might be from, like, that administrator's point of view, but, you know, the company actually said, like, oh, hey, we should go to this planet because, you know, they already, Ash knew in the first movie that the planet had, you know, the aliens oh, on it. so you're saying that Wayland yutani used kind of their influence to... Yeah, like, push, say, hey, we should, you know, colonize this planet and, you know... Set our stuff down here. So it's kind of like a legacy provision because their their special order thing failed in the first movie that, you know, like 10 years after that happened, they were just like, ah, maybe we should go to this planet. Just think about it. Yeah, like yeah. they sort of like, you know, push legislation being like, hey, really push to go here yeah. next, like kind of thing. And then like they're really just using that as like their bioweapons test ground. Like, I wouldn't put it past them. That's like a conspiracy theory. Though. Well, it's, you know, it sounds plausible. Actually. <laughs> they're pretty evil. Yeah, they hire Grimmer Wormtongue there. Who? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. no, actually, it's not, they don't hire him. Remember? Oh well, I mean, yeah. okay, he's associated right. with their operations, but that Something. way. You know, I'm kind of surprised that they were they they were on that planet for what 20 years before any of this happens. Yeah. But the aliens seem <clears> to get there pretty quickly when all hell breaks loose. Like, is that just explained by the fact like, oh, the aliens just like never ventured over there? Well, like the, the, the ship everything. was pretty far away from the colony, and it was like all the eggs were in that mist or whatever that, like, they didn't actually, you know, go out and face hug people until, like, people came in the close. ship. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, like, nobody ever ventured to that ship, so the aliens weren't just running around the planet, you know. Looking for to, sh- you know, people. Well, there weren't any aliens. It was just the facehuggers in the, in the eggs. So, okay. How did the queen get there, then? Well, I, how does a queen become a queen in, like, a beehive or an anthill? That's still a larva. Okay. So there had to be some... There had to be some human. What do you mean, Sam? Well, maybe like that. Maybe the first face hugger that gets the uh, family that's going out looking. Maybe that's where the queen comes from. Well, yeah, I think that's reasonable to like. Yeah, it's the one that gets Newt's dad. Yeah, the queen was shown in the ship with the the busted out engineer guy's chest there. Right. So then, after they bring him back, yeah, the queen comes. Well, not the queen, but you know, like a baby queen comes out. And then there's a queen that wrecks havoc in the place or she just she probably squirrels away to under that uh, the place where you can shoot. And so she starts setting up there. And then I guess people start investigating and that's how she gets more drones. Or it's like it started as a drone and yeah. like it just morphs into a queen in response to like there's no queen around. Like I have to become the queen like a, you know, like a, an ant colony would or something. I just figured that the yeah. it was a drone first, and then it got a couple people in that area. Yeah. Once it had them, you know, Nickelodeon slimed up to the wall. <laughs> <and then it, laughs> I like It that. became a queen, so then it could pop out a couple new drones pretty quickly, and then that's how it started. Like, yeah. Yeah. So can, like, a drone actually just, like, you know, lay an egg down your throat or something like that? No, no. Like, uh, they need the face suckers, but I'm saying, like, the first... So the... Newt's dad gets infected. Yeah. The snake comes out. Snake eats a cat, hopefully, turns into a drone. Mm-hmm. And then the drone's running around, maybe kidnaps a couple people or takes a couple of the workers in that complex down to that place. Nickelodeon slams into the wall. Yeah. Turns into a queen. And then the queen lays the eggs in the egg chamber. And then the eggs start infecting the Nickelodeon slime people. Okay. It's called Gak. Gak. Yeah. <laughs> well. Gak they just dropped on people. It wasn't like actually sticky like that. So I don't know. I, th- I think slime's good. Yeah. Gak's a little different. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was, a, that was a reasoned argument. <laughs> um, I could see that, I guess. And I guess it just never happened in the first movie because the drone realized, oh, there's only like, you know, five, six people right, like on there's here. a grand total of six people on the ship with me and <laughs> fucking one of them's a robot. So well, it's that, like, well, that's an interesting thing, though, that that was a deleted scene in from the first movie in the 2003 director's cut. There's actually a deleted scene where Ripley's like trying to escape from the ship and she actually finds um, Dallas, like Nickelodeon slime to the wall. Oh, and huh. and finds uh, the other guy, uh, Brett. Yeah, the first guy to get killed, he's like actually right there next to Dallas, and he's like in the process of being like transformed into an egg or something. So like that was originally going to be the life cycle for the alien, but they cut that out of the theatrical version, and that kind of opened the door for James Cameron to introduce the Queen thing, which makes a little more sense. Right. I think that that's a better. Yeah, it's way better. Yeah, James Cameron's a pro. Yeah, it's, he's a tough act to follow, as yep. we'll talk about next week. <laughs> Did they really try, though? I think they no. tried. They just didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Oh, fair enough. But another thing that's great about this movie is the fact that I actually cared about most of the people in the movie, whereas in the first movie, because you really didn't know who was going to be the last man standing, 
Um, they all had personalities, but you didn't really get to know them enough mm-hmm. before they started dying to really, you know, have an investment in them. I want to say, but we get to know the Marines and I feel like they, they give enough backstory and enough personality to each Marine for them to like have meaning, you know, when they die, like, Oh, like shit, you actually understand like, Oh shit. Like, you know, things are getting really bad when all these guys are fucking dying and stuff like, you know, yeah. even like the fucking Weersbowski guy, he has like a cult following on the Weersbowski internet. Weersbowski hunters. net. What is this? Yeah, it's like a relic website from the early internet. It's been... Like Geocities or Angel Fire? It's been archived by Google. Just, it's like all the the appearances of Weersbowski in the movie cataloged. (laughs) They gave me enough of the Marines' personality that I was like, okay, I really can't wait for most of you to die. I found a lot of them annoying. Like who's annoying? Like, uh, Hudson's really annoying. Really? I I thought he was like... I mean, he's good as comic relief, and I thought he did a good job, like mirroring like what the audience is supposed it's to like. The panic retard. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty harsh. <laughs> I fucking hate Hudson. He's my least favorite Marine. So you, that's why you were laughing when he got burned with the acid and yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what an asshole! Like she's just so annoying. Sarge is pretty one-dimensional. I feel like. Well, he. Didn't really have enough screen time, but I, I would agree with that because, I mean, like, he wakes up from stasis and then fucking does the... He has, like, a cigar, cigar sitting with him yeah. in stasis, like, all right, time to get my, you know, face on here. Damn the cores <laughs> like a day on the farm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, every paycheck's a fortune, every meal's a feast, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Can't wait for you to die. But I like that shit. I mean, like, you know, that, that to me, not only was it funny, but you really get the sense of who they are and... As characters, whereas in the first movie, it's kind of like, eh, we just we just sit around and eat dinner and argue about who gets a half and a full share and stuff, and well, that's I, pretty yeah. much it. I get a good sense of their personalities. I just find their personalities really grating. I guess. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. I guess it's a matter of taste. Yeah. Or they don't have personalities at all, like uh, poor fuck who gets stuck with all the ammo and gets flipped down the the mine shaft two oh, seconds uh, into the movie. Frost. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, he just fucking just dies. Like, All right, like, bye. Like, like, yeah! He gives the Wilhelm scream or whatever. I'm glad we got to know you. <laughs> I, I gotta say, one of the scenes that sticks out in my mind about Sarge, which I thought was kind of funny but weird, was when Ripley, when they're still preparing, Ripley's like, oh, I feel like, uh, you know, useless around here. Is there anything I can do to help? And they're like, oh, you can, you can use the mover. And she uses it, and Sarge, I don't remember who's with him. It might have been Hicks. Um are both like they watch her using it like, yeah. And it's like, are you guys watching a porn right now? Or are you just watching her get to this mover or something? Cause they're both like smiling their asses off as she uses it. It's like, what's going on right here? Or like, they just into the fact that she's using heavy machinery. Is she's that the good whole looking thing? and she's useful. That's that. All right. It just, it seemed a little I weird. I mean, Sarge would get off it. on, Oh man, this person's actually useful. I don't have to yeah. babysit them. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I think Sarge, well, cause he was eating Sarge. I guess noticed uh, what's his face, losers lieutenant guy, and Burke is probably like, ah, oh, fuck, like I got three dead weight assholes, and then one of them turns out to actually know what she's doing. It's like, oh, okay, great, I'm very happy. Plus, she does a better job with the lifter than um, the marine driving the other one. Yeah, yeah, the, whatever his name is. He seems a little spunk, unsure of what he's doing. Spunk face or yeah, spunk guy. Yeah, 
<laughs> I, I like Hicks, though. I enjoy Hicks a lot, especially his the little characterization where he's asleep on the dropship, like, ah, oh, this is so fucking boring. And the yeah. lieutenant's, like, shitting his pants, like, oh, my God, second time I've done this in my life. See, that, that's oh, the stuff yeah, yeah. that is much better about this movie than the first movie to me, is that all those little things that give you insight. Well, I prefer this over the first movie, yeah. No contest. Well, I think this one... It has a better arc for the Ripley character than the first movie. And I, I realize that's partly because of the structure of the movies. But I like this because she basically starts out with PTSD and her daughter's dead and her life sucks. And then, you know, but the the movie gives her a chance to, like, basically face her fears. She ends up the movie with, like, a surrogate kid. And well, I mean, the kid calls her mom at the very yeah, end. So. Yeah. So it's like she's come full circle again. Like, she... I don't know. It's it's a and good. It's like a typical hero. Huh? <laughs> the circle starts over. Yeah. 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 Well, fucking kid. Dies. We'll talk. We'll talk about. <laughs> we'll talk about that bullshit. We'll talk about it very in depth. And Hicks dies too. Well, we'll talk about that crap too. Wow. Spoilers. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah look at how much. I can't remember how much money they had to pay him to use his picture because the like, same amount he got paid for being in Aliens just to use this fucking picture. Okay. Great. <laughs> His agent should get a gold star for that. That's that's a good job. It's so funny those those uh, armchair director guys. They actually went to a, a film convention and Michael Bean was there and they asked him what he thought about Alien Three and he just went off. He's like, you know what? I gotta say, fuck Alien Three. Fuck that piece of shit. Fuck the people who made it. And just goes on this tirade. It was it was hilarious. It's on it's on YouTube. You can watch it. Well, he's a James Cameron uh, guy, huh? Bean there. Does he get pulled for a lot of James Cameron's movies? Oh yeah, he's he's in the Terminator, yeah. he's in Aliens, he's in the Abyss. I think that's it. I haven't really s- well being in three James Cameron movies. I mean, yeah, that's enough right. to be. And know. he was he was in uh, The Rock too. I think that's the last movie I remember seeing him in as like the Navy yes. SEAL guy. Yeah, yeah. But that was a Michael Bay film. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Anything else on this? Any other favorite scenes here? Um, uh, this express elevator to hell. <laughs> oh yeah, the drop that was funny. Um, I like when Bishop is ripped in half and it just looks like <laughs> the some milk. Pro- huh? <laughs> the milk. Oh yeah. But like his insides, I like the way that looks. It looks like somebody just made like a hollow. I don't want to call it paper mache. It's obviously more durable than that. It's like a paper mache skeleton with just like some weird spaghetti inside of it. But they kind of had to go off from the first movie, what was inside the, the androids. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just like the, the concept of that. They expanded it a little bit, like, as far as the the insides Like, operation. he's got the tubes and... Well, he had, he yeah. had tubes, and you actually see, like, it looked like he had, like, lungs that were white-colored, kind of, which was cool. Um, But, yeah, it was... He has robot organs. Yeah, look, the tubes were his, like, the plastic... Uh, corrugated tubes were his intestines, and then like he has some kind of biomechanical lungs that are. It's really weird. Like I thought that was interesting, yeah. in a good way. Like I think that's good world building. Like exactly how a uh, synthetic works in this world. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because that's way different than you know you're looking at like data from Star Trek, and you know he doesn't have any of that. He has like facsimile of like a digestive system or something, but not a functioning one like you're saying that that might be for Bishop. 
I don't know. I mean, I, I think Bishop just runs on the cum. Like he's, <laughs> he runs on gallons and gallons of the jizz. But I just wonder how many times they had to shoot that scene, and like how many times Lance Henriksen had to like get a bunch of milk in his mouth and just go like. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him getting really pissed after like the fourth take. Like, okay, how much milk am I gonna, you know, <laughs> spray onto the set here? How many times do I have to die? Yeah, I, we watched the Blu-ray version, so they fixed where he pops out of the ground. I was gonna bring pops that out up. Of the ground? We're like, you no, you never notice it if you watch the the theatrical normal version. But when uh, the airlocks open and everything's getting sucked out and. Uh, Newt's sliding like, ah, Bishop, and stuff, and he yeah. grabs her. If you notice, Lance Henriksen comes up out of the set a little bit to, like, reach out and grab her because yeah. he was too far away. And, he ex- oh. and there's this, like, black bodysuit where he is, like, <laughs> under the set. And James Cameron went back and digitally took that out in the Blu-ray. So, I mean, just... Um, I love his attention to detail. I, I mean, think that's, like, that's yeah. an acceptable fix to go back and do as it takes you out of the movie. Right. Yeah. If you find it otherwise. But again, that's really cool set building too. That they had like the the set so Lance Henderson could be his just half as you know basically his upper body outside of there, and the rest of him be under it. But it looks like he's actually cut in half. It doesn't look like the shitty way of doing that, where he's you know looks like he's leaning back. He actually looks like he's cut in half. Yeah, and well, and not just that, but also the the creature effects. Mm-hmm. In the movie, God, I you know I think they made such a better decision in this movie. They never had a full body shot of an alien in this movie, and actually, really don't see much of them at all because they're in the dark most of the time. I thought that was the best decision because those are the two scenes we said an alien where it just totally looked fake, where they did the yeah. full body shot of the alien and the guy in the suit. And there are yeah. there are a yeah. couple of those in the very beginning where there like a couple times when like the flamethrower lights them up, you can see like. Where they're crawling. Right, if you yeah. look like you can see like, eh, but the rest of it I think is... There was a couple times in like the vents I thought they had like full body shots of it like crawling towards you kind of. Yeah. Um, when they, he looks up in the, the air and then when they're chasing them through the other vent. Yeah, but I mean there was no scene like, you know, in the first one's like, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, and it, it never looked, it never looked fake to me in yeah. this in this movie and I like the way they, they got down how the aliens move in this. Like, yes, it's... In the first one, I took it as more of it's like this killer but sensual creature or something because they were going off Giger's design fully. And I think James Cameron took it more like no, they're like more hunched over, they're a little bulkier, right. you know, they're they're more animal like than you know something that's like a human hybrid or something. you know. I thought that was a good decision, and also like the different design with the the ridges, which he explained as like part of the life cycle. Like that, if the alien on the Nostromo had lived longer, it would have gotten like the forehead ridges instead of having a smooth head. Mm. Makes and, sense to me. Yeah, and the Queen was just really awesome. I mean, Stan Winston did the effects for that, and all the effects were good. Like, yeah. the model shots are awesome. Well, the only part that looks fake with the model shots is where they have the blue screen with the uh, the drop ship. That I was laughing. Oh at, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. That's <laughs> the one part I looked at. I'm like. Wow, they really shouldn't have done special effects like this in the eighties. Yeah. Like yeah. it just didn't hold up at all. Like Yeah. But I mean the other stuff, even like the I don't know what you want to call it, the the plane crash. Oh, the oh. Yeah. crash, I guess. Yeah. That, that looks pretty so... good still. That looks really good. So I'm saying yeah. the only thing that looks out of place and like that's obviously a model hung in front of a green screen is uh where the 
the arms fold out. Yeah, yeah with the coming missiles. In for, <laughs> coming in for approach and everything, and yeah. just like, Ugh. <laughs> okay. Good practical effects too, though. It's the the value of doing things practically. Yeah, I I do like movies that have practical effects like that. When you know Michael Bay movies now or whatever, like just not the same. And little details too, like or I don't, I don't even know if it's a detail, but uh, just things like Ripley's leg was still hanging down in the airlock, and she just like barely pulls yeah. out on time. Like is that oh. Sigourney Weaver being like, oh fuck, my foot's down there, or is that actually like? Actual because, direction given. Yeah, like yeah. I, you, I don't know, but it, either way, it just seems like something you would do when you were exhausted from blasting an alien out into space. You just kind of hang out until you had to move. Yeah, solid movie. Or in the way, like they, they all, I think they gave all the people who were playing Marines military tactics training so that they would like move around a corner like a soldier would, or Actually they would hold a gun right, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. check or, those corners. Right, or they would like look around like a soldier would and like check. Like their eyes would move before their gun would, right? Like it's they. That's the way they track and stuff. And I like that stuff because they. You felt like they really were soldiers, but at the same time, give us a good sense of what it's like to be a marine in the future when nobody wears the same armor. It's all kind of like everybody has their own custom shit or whatever. Yeah, like they like it, like a lot of soldiers in Vietnam, right? Like they used to like put their like. You know, tattoos on their their helmets and shit like that, and like decals and shit like. So that that yeah. what you just said doesn't make sense in this universe, though, with the the single corporation supplying everything. I feel like, oh yeah, here's you know your body armor and here's your helmet. And I think they all gun. had the original set. Like they all seem to have the same base piece of body armor. Yeah, yeah, they just like, had some like design differences on their stuff. Mm. Yeah, they've all like customized their shit, like you know, because they've gone through like so many drops or whatever, and they've tours okay. of duty. Yeah. What I never get in these movies, though, is that, like, it takes two weeks to get the signal from Earth, and the the rescue comes in 17 days if they need it or whatever, but they have to be in cryogenic stasis to get to the planet, like... Yeah, for two weeks. Yeah, like, what's going on there? <laughs> I, I, I always wonder if that's less a function of actual distance needed to be traveled versus they don't keep the ship stocked with enough supplies to support people for that length of time if they're not in the cryo freezers like that that's the way i take it like the being that this is the the company probably built the ship and we know the company's like cost efficient everything right so it seems like keeping the people in the stasis sleep would be much more efficient supply wise than having so like you know the people essentially become just another like asset like or piece of capital right they just put them in the freezer they come out they do what they do they go back to sleep yeah but i think what you're saying clark is like it takes you know 14 days for the message to get to earth Mm -hmm. and then three days essentially for a rescue to get from earth to the planet is how the math works out and that's 17 days until a rescue and then it's like 17 days till rescue they can get the rescue mission together but to to travel that fast in the ship you still have to be in hypersleep like you're going you know the avatar makes avatar's explanation makes more sense where it takes you know six years or whatever to get to the fucking planet okay fine that makes a little more sense but yeah you don't really like two weeks like i'll chill out for two weeks (laughs) i'll drink tang (laughs) what what if there's what if there's like not enough food on the ship just for you know there would be be for just going to stasis to like 
as part of like the travel mechanisms of the ship use or something like that. Uh, yeah, I, I think that would make more sense. Like, if it was a function of whatever FTL they're using or something that mm-hmm. you don't want to be awake for it, but they they can't not have enough food in there because the, the whole ship is just chock full of a bunch of it has the ship's got so much fucking junk on it like. You can put more cornbread in there, even though the cornbread's <laughs> awful. Yeah, you can put more. Eat it for All right, I, I had good. a question about the ship. So they get dropped from the main ship and everything. Mm-hmm. There was a pilot for that other big ship that looked like an awesome like battle cruiser type thing. I'm just surprised that doesn't have any weapons that could just like fire down. I mean, I know they have the nuke and everything, but there's I no. Think there pilot. were some weapons on that ship. Yeah, yeah, but there's like no. It seems like there was a pilot for it or something, but. There's like they kind of like disappear or whatever, like they can't contact nope. them or anything. They Who was get... the pilot for that ship? I don't remember that. Uh, it was some. Wasn't there a blonde lady name. with like? Uh, but she gets stabbed sunglasses. by an alien when they're like. The blonde getting... lady with the sunglasses was piloting the dropship, though. Yeah, and she got killed yeah. when it crashed. I don't think there was anybody up in orbit still. No, like no, I that's think... the whole reason why yeah. Bishop had to go out and actually, you know, mess around with the remote control. The and... ship was empty. Yeah, when they left on the dropship for some reason, it, it would make more sense to keep somebody on board. Yeah, well, it doesn't make any sense because wasn't there a spare dropship on the yeah. orbiting ship? Like, right. why yeah. wouldn't there be another crew member up there to? I was just hey, thinking, it's, also, it's a big, expensive, probably ship. It looks like pretty serious for battle, and they're just gonna leave that like floating in orbit. Like, what? What's? What, I mean, I don't what, think they're gonna be. Maybe like space pirates aren't a concern here. Like, <laughs> I guess they must not be. I was thinking more that this. This operation was kind of cobbled together pretty quickly, and so these Marines were sent out, but that all that stuff is probably available on the ship if you have, like, a larger complement for, like, a larger deployment, because that's why you have two dropships. So you, you think know. the ship was just really, it was like a, they got the big size ship, but they only needed the small? Yeah, just because yeah. of what was around at the time available yeah, for that them. That makes sense. Or that's, like, the standard ship or whatever for deploying marines and it's just like okay we don't really need that many people or for whatever reason like we don't want to send in an army or something they should have sent more obviously yes. yeah yeah but i like how the ship too is designed to look like a big gun basically you know, yeah it does. a lot of the alien art and everything the art direction it reminds me a little bit of uh halo the first halo huh yeah, I could see that. Like, if you think about the way that the, what is it, the Pillar of Autumn looks, and you think about the way that the ship and Aliens looks, hmm. and also Sarge, the cigar-chomping black guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's, that's the whole yeah, thing in Halo. Like, it was, homage. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the ship designs look very, the same way that the Aliens one does. Even the dropship from Halo well, I think kind that's of just looks like the Alien one. Kind of, like, a side effect of going with that sort of, like, industrial-type future design that yeah. was, like, around and this time of the 80s with like Blade Runner and this movie and whatnot. Well, it's it's interesting you bring that up because one of one of the things that James Cameron said that was very influential to him when he was writing Aliens was Starship Troopers, the, mm, yep. the books. So that's how he got the idea for, you know, the, the smart gun that attaches to like basically their waist. Yeah. This like belt on their waist and all that and some of the tech that they use. He got, you know, he read Starship Troopers and was thinking of that, which makes sense. I mean, besides like the jumpsuits, they don't have those in Aliens. <laughs> no, no jumpsuits. <laughs> you guys, do you guys di- like or dislike the kid? 
you know, because usually in sci-fi movies with a little kid, they're they're pretty annoying. I think Anakin she's Skywalker. Fine. Yeah, she's okay. She has just the right amount of stuff to do, and then is not relevant or shuts up for the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one thing I kind of did like, which was a little cute, I thought, like when they were going over like the mission briefing or something, she was like messing around with like helmets and whatnot, <laughs> yeah. and Hicks is like, "Yo, don't touch that shit, kid." Very like, dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> and she puts one on anyway. Well, no, she was playing with the the explosive rounds or yeah. about to touch one, and then she's like, oh, this helmet looks safer with, I think a knife was strapped to the side of it yeah. or something like that, so. <laughs> yeah. But then he puts her on the table, picks her up and puts her on the table because she's trying to see. Well, okay, I actually yeah. think that's all right. Like, no, I, I like Because that. the kid might actually have valuable information, like, oh, I saw, you know, an alien going here. I was hiding in here. There's a shortcut this way, sort of well, thing. I, I, I mean, like she didn't that. say that. I think that's a, that's a good touch. It's, like, it's a good uh, Hicks character thing, too, like. Yeah. Yeah, he's not addicted to the little kid. Like, right, like that one marine guy, uh, the Drake. Yeah. He seems like a total fucking dirtbag, and like he gets killed pretty. But Hicks seems like a really decent guy. Yeah. Too bad he dies. <laughs> Spoiler. We're gonna get to it. We're gonna get to it. <laughs> oh no, let me spoil you the rest of the way, Justin, because you're already spoiled. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of spoiled already. He fucking dies off screen. Oh. When the movie yeah, starts, it's, it's like, oh, the only cryopod that's still working is Ripley's. Oh, well, that's a real shit way to, like, <laughs> just yeah. uh, wrap like, everything sorry, in the Ripley. last movie, throw out all that lore, like, okay, right, exactly. doing our thing now. The Alien yeah. 3 is just like, oh, Aliens, the, the really good film? We're just going to ball it up and throw it in yeah. the trash. We Remember got our own that ideas. film you loved? <laughs> well, we're going to slap you in the face now. You're all alone again. Yeah. Tom and no shit. cat this time. <laughs> well, that's a benefit. Yeah, I guess. I fuck, if that cat had gone to the planet again. <laughs> so, I mean, I've seen bits of Alien 3. I, I thought I remember there being a cat in that movie, actually. There actually might be. I think it's on the planet already. But the cat, it isn't the cat. No, it's not no, the it's cat. Not the cat. No. That, that cat might yeah. be dead. If the time. cat had gone back to the planet, it would have immediately run away from them after dropship. Yep. It, would have, it would have snuck into the dropship, then run away when it got down there, found the alien queen, pawed it a couple times, like, hey, wake up. Come then, over and follow me. And then told it to detach itself from the egg laying tube and just come slaughter everybody. And the alien queen would have been like, all right, cool. And the cat would have been, you know, yes, master plan completed. <laughs> you would have that evil look on its face again when they're all dying. Yeah, it would just get that fucking cunty look on its face like, you know what? Don't you tell me what to do. I'm going to fucking kill you now. <laughs> God, that cat. Right out the airlock. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and nobody mentioned nobody's mentioned the the loader lifter battle scene. Oh yeah, it's probably oh you did last week, Sam. I did, I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right, you did. It's the famous scene in Alien, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. I like it. And it's one of the things is actually set up, and then it pays off. It's not like suddenly Ripley's like, oh, a load lifter. Let me grab that. It's like okay, she knows how to pilot it. She worked on the docks on the space station. Mm. And the alien queen's big and strong, so what's the other thing? Only thing on the ship that'll make you equivalent to her strength. Like, oh, okay, that was a nice setup. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I didn't really like about that scene, for me at least, I did, it didn't seem believable when, like, the alien fell onto, like, the, the airlock door with the thing on top of it. I felt like the alien, based on, like, the other things it's shown it's been doing, it, like, it should have been able to, like, rawr, like, throw the, the lifter off her, so. Or move its tail and do something. 
Yeah. Yeah, not just lay there. But I, maybe it got squished. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, when it fell on it, the impact maybe, like, broke its legs or injured it or something. Or just stunned it or yeah. knocked it out or something. Because like, we know they're not invincible. They're just really hard to kill. Well, if it would have got squished, you would have had some acid blood going out onto the door, and they would have been able... would have just, like, went right through the hole of that door, so... Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true as well. Yeah, whatever. Maybe it was just movie. <laughs> or it was Maybe the load lifter was just too heavy for it. We never actually know how heavy yeah. it is. It has to weigh, Maybe it got like, a concussion when it fell. The thing has to weigh a couple <laughs> tons. Yeah, it has to... Yeah, it, the legs are so, like, huge. Yeah. We're talking, Plus, like, thick steel and yeah, The way it walks, too, is just, like, yeah. you hear the... The hydraulics, you know, and then it goes thunk like it's really heavy. Mm. Just that's the best part of the game, I think, in Alien <laughs> versus Predator too. When you're in the the combat loader lifter, and just it has like missiles and a laser gun and machine gun and like two other things, and you can just fuck everybody up with. <laughs> yeah, the the one time in the game when it's not hard to kill people. Yeah, uh, it's the reward. You just get to go nuts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The smart guns also are in that game, and they're a real bitch. And there are artificial persons with smart guns, too. Yeah, the combat synthetics. Which is even worse. Yeah. Of course, you can't get all the white cum on you as the Predator. You can just bathe in it. <laughs> I, I never played game? that game, though. Oh, yeah. You play as the alien, you play as the marine, you play as a Predator. Yeah. And all the stories are kind of intertwined, but they have obviously different abilities and different, you know, like the marine starts with the pulse rifle, gets some other guns and shit. The Predator has all the Predator, like the knives and the spear and the magic flying disc. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the gun though, right? The shoulder gun? Yeah, he does. He does? All right. And you can move the little three dots around and blow people's heads off. And Yeah, and you have the net gun. Right, and you have the predator vision modes. You can see like thermal, electric, and one other one, night vision, I think. Yeah. And if you look like at the combat sense, like you're just like, oh, they're not humans. Oh, they're electronic. Okay. Yeah. Well, the spear, uh, I like the spear gun the best. Is yeah. the, when you shoot somebody's head off and he laughs. <laughs> but you yeah. have to go get the head right and the spear yep you get your trophy yeah you can get all the trophies yep great games Justin okay <laughs> I'll get around to it eventually sometime in the near future sometime in the future <laughs> <laughs> 15 years from now uh yeah okay about then I also like that they gave Ripley a happy ending in this movie which if not for the next movie, would have been a, a great payoff. I mean, maybe that's part of my identity as an American moviegoer, but I, I, I feel like you know that ending was deserved in this movie. I don't. If they had done, if they had set Alien 3's crime for me though, is that it, it takes what would have been like a great setup, and then just is like, no, that's dumb. We're gonna do our own thing, and it's like actually your thing was stupid. The other thing was really smart. <laughs> like it's easy to we'll you know, save like, it save it and, and egg got back or something but yeah I think the the ending for Alien 2 was good and it should have been something that would have just influenced the rest of the series instead of hitting the reset button yeah the, the other thing I really liked that the decision they made was you know to let the movie go on for so long before you even see an alien which is similar to what they did in in the first movie but I think it worked better in this one because you have an expectation of what you're going to find. Yeah. And that's why it works because it builds tension. Whereas like in the first movie, I felt like, okay, like when is something going to happen for those 40 minutes or whatever? 
you know, when we're they're landing on the planet, okay, what's what's going to happen? But I know that they're going to find an alien or something's wrong in aliens, and it's just builds, builds, builds until you know something's going to go wrong. Yeah. When well, you're down I mean, there. in this movie, you knew something already had gone wrong on the colony, so it's like you know that tension was there the whole time they land on the planet. Versus Alien, it's like, oh, they land on this planet. What's there? Like, I don't know. What's in this ship? Some creepy giant dude. What's going on? And then you see an egg, and then the facehugger happens. Like, oh, yeah, yeah something's happening now. Yeah. Like, you actually, in this movie, you know what to expect as far as, like, what's going to hop out and, you know, kill people. Yeah, it's just like the question of where and when it's going to happen is, I think that works so much better. It's just because I have the anticipation, and then... It's just like, okay, are they going to do it now? Or they, oh, it's like, oh, shit, and they keep amping it up. Yeah, the, the other thing that was really good in this movie, there was that one scene where they introduced Newt. They almost fucking blast her head off. Yeah, oh, when yeah. she first pops out. <laughs> like, Drake almost kills her, and, like, Hicks just barely stops his gun, and he's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I did love how they first had her, like, run across the screen and looked very much alien-like. That was a good little uh, trick that they threw in there. As a kid, I wouldn't do that. Like, if an al- if aliens were running yeah. around my ship that I was on and I was a little kid, I'd be hiding in the corner, not like, oh, there's people coming or an alien coming. I'm going to run across the hallway right now. <laughs> yeah. I'd be in that little, like, cubby place she's hiding in with all her stuff, and I'd just be, like, shitting in a bucket, like, yeah. the rest of my life. <laughs> but I think that's where she was trying to go, so she had to jump across the hallway. Yeah. Just a way to get there. I'm happy that they showed a little restraint and didn't have the alien like pop out like "Well, want to get you," yeah. or like have a jump scare like you know "Ooh, dead." Like they they used a flamethrower, then the aliens wake up like "Huh, what the fuck?" And you're like "Oh, there's the aliens," and they kind of slowly wake up and then they kill people. Oh, that's that's. I just like how they. Pre- it's like a siege. This mm-hmm. this whole thing, and that's why I I hate that they took the the um drone sentry sentry gun scenes mm. out of the the movie for the theatrical cut because that that was like a great that would have been cool to see yeah and like you know it just it's another it just like never lets up on the tension because you see the the guns are drawing down drawing down it's like oh shit like the guns are dry like what's gonna happen now and like there's only two guns guarding those hallways so it's gone mm-hmm. they, they're in Pretty good. Yeah, they're in. <laughs> they're here. They're in the yeah. They're in the roof, or yeah. they're in the ceiling. It feels like they would have figured that would have been one possible way in, not just like oh these these drop ceilings. Like no way they're getting through there. They're only get through the front door. Like I feel yeah. like when they were going over all the blueprints, like how can they get in here? How can they get in here? Like that would have been. Drop ceilings. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think about that. Were those blueprints like one dimensional or did they show like different levels? They were levels. Okay. Because when they were going through the like the big computer table thing, it was like, oh no, go one one up, one down. Okay, there it is. Like So it was like doing slices on yeah, the Yeah. It was cross sections. Yeah. Maybe the like the error ways and stuff weren't in that map, and that's just like they overlooked it, or they were, or you know they were all strung out. Could anyway. have been an oversight, yeah, yeah. They were just so nervous they they freaked the fuck out and thought the only in the eye, or maybe it was just like their perception. Like as a human, you can't perceive how the alien would attack a situation because if you know you're a human and you're limited to walking or running, you're going to go through the little service tunnel, right? And you're going to walk up to the door. And break open the door. You're not going to come up like slither your way through the 
inside of the building and go through the drop ceiling. Yeah, it's just like in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade where he comes through the window and he's like, I thought you were one of them. And he's like, no, Dad, they come through the doors. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Grand Animal Thrawn, really. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, what? It's a, well, using like a species conception of space or whatever to understand their, their weakness and how they... Like, their art reveals their perception of the universe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, here, like, yeah. your planning is limited to your experience as a human marine. Like, okay, the marine way of doing this would be this, so that's how they're going to do it. The aliens must follow the same tactics. Yeah, and that's a good point, because how could they have known that? Because Ripley had only encountered one for, I don't know, like, basically five minutes. On a <laughs> ship yeah. that was really small in the grand scheme of things, not the colony or anything like that, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they... I just think about that in that hypersleep. Do you do you dream in the hypersleep? So it's like, was she aware of like the like some way of the passage of time through dreams, or did she just go to sleep and then it's like to her perception, it's the next minute she wakes up and these guys are like. I always figured with like those hypersleep things, it's you know you just perceive. I get in the pod, the thing you know shuts me off, and then I wake up, you know, perceptively, you know. A minute later, whatever. That's what I yeah. thought, too. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting, because, like, in Prometheus, they show that they do dream inside those sleep pods, because, like, um, David, the android, is, like, viewing people's dreams and shit, so it's... That doesn't make any sense to me, then. Like, the, the, Prometheus does, sucks. Does, um, so, we see the, uh, <laughs> we see the android in this, though, at the end, I mean, I don't know, you know, he's kind of, he's got wires hooked up to him and everything, but he's also put in what looks like a stasis pod, so... Do the androids dream of electric sheep or anything? Or uh, uh yeah, do they? Uh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I think they must have put him in there because it had like the the medical functions. Yeah, that that's what I, I, I just imagine. to keep his shit together. Yeah, they had to put him in his little like glad bag <laughs> and seal right. him up. <laughs> they had to wait till Hicks was healthy enough to just like jack off into him and fill him back up. Yeah, what what happened? He runs on cum. I want that on the record. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it's wait, a like weird. why not give them a blood substitute? Yeah, why not give of, them like, a different milk? color? Like it looks like they run on cum. Like somebody dumped a gallon of welges like right into the androids <laughs> of the factory. Like. Why not give them like green or orange or black or something? Like, just why pick the cum? Like, maybe that was deliberate. I don't know. Maybe there's like some special significance to whale cum in the future. It has the seed of human life in it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, if I were the art director in that film, I just would have picked something else or maybe even just made it clear like it was silicon oil like in a gun or something. But they were constrained by what they chose in the first movie. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. So, but why did they choose that in the first movie? That's what I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, why not yeah. just use mineral oil? I'm saying it's, they probably think it's cum. That's probably what Ridley was going for. <laughs> well, I mean, if it was like black, you'd think it'd like be like some sort of like corruption like spewing out of like you know its mouth or whatever in the first movie. Maybe it's like, oh, is this an actual person? But if it's like white jizz looking shit, it's like, oh... If this person like just sucked a dick or he's some sort of android, like I agree with that. It se- makes them seem more machine like, like antiseptic, like you're a yeah. Automaton. If it's black, it looks like oh, they're yeah. maybe like throwing a blood or something like that. I don't know. Well, why don't you use mineral oil then? It's clear. That would look creepier. Maybe there's something in like those fluids, the cum fluid that like you know uh, 
it has like lubricant or whatever that you use oh, their system. But I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, saying I'm practically, mixing though, metaphors a little bit. I, I'm here, practically, so. I'm saying practically from like a, a filmmaking perspective, why not just dump mineral oil on them and then like say, "Ooh, that's the magic lubricant that makes them work." Why make it white? I um, I would guess because it's just more apparent on camera than a clear liquid. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah. it. Like if it was just white, it looked like they're like be spewing water, kind of. Or if it was clear, sorry, it'd be like they would be spewing water. You wouldn't actually be able to see it's oily, kind of. Yeah, I, I don't think the camera would pick that up. I think they. That's plus probably be, a concern. Plus, it'd be hard for the actors to actually yeah. like put mineral oil in their mouths and be like, Bleh. yeah. Whereas milk is more palatable for. Yeah, I think milk tastes weird. Well, it's like milk versus mineral oil. What do you want to put in your mouth? Probably mineral oil. <laughs> what? Really? It doesn't really have a taste to it. But it has like a consistency or texture that's just like, I don't know. I wouldn't want to put like straight oil into my mouth. Eh. 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 Want to go do that right now? Huh? Right now? Right now? I don't know about that. That might be hard, kind of hard to do on a podcast. But. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> wouldn't chew up very well. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we could just use cum. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying it's weird. No. There's a lot of different colors you could pick that would pop on camera. I'm not saying it isn't weird. I'm just saying, like Grant, it shows up better on film, yeah, the white. I think they chose white because it's just the most contrast you can get, probably. Yeah, compared to the, blood, yeah. right. white works very well. Like if it was green or something, or that's the alien acid is like a greenish-yellow kind of already, and... Just white is like so different from red and so different from the alien blood that it's well and think of works. like the the color scheme they use in the the first film is kind of like black and dark green for a lot of um like the color palettes they're using on the ship and browns, but in aliens, I notice always notice it like it's always like a really dark blue, everything is kind of muted in this dark blue, mm-hmm. and so like white shows up really well. With contrast to that, and this is a like a very dimly lit movie. I was thinking, you know, white. Plus, it looks a lot cooler when he gets ripped when Bishop gets ripped in half when it's like white jizz spraying everywhere out of his torso. Giant destructive orgasm. I just think there's a different color they could have picked that would make it look less like. Yeah, Lance Henderson is just filled to his eyeballs with cum. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if like he shoot could shoot it out of his eyes or whatever. <laughs> what if he laughs too hard? Is he shoot come out of his nose? Is that what happens? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. That's all I got. Yeah. Now I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, yeah, I thought they the set stuff they did for the alien hive and just like an aside they did that in an abandoned power station in england that was really cool and it was actually the place where they filmed uh the axis chemical plant scenes in batman so <laughs> they got there and the alien hive was still there when they were doing the axis chemical shit so they had to tear it down <laughs> yeah. i would have kept that well it doesn't really look like a chemical plant <laughs> until you get rid of all that shit <laughs> true yeah, I definitely have to say Aliens is my favorite movie in the Alien franchise. It's I think it's objectively the best one. Game over, man. Yeah. It's pretty good. I I, yeah, you, you had a different... Yeah, I, I just liked Alien, the first movie, because 
I, I just like that genre more of like, you know, this like single thing sort of trying to outwit people and, you know, the people that it's hunting down really are kind of the underdogs in the movie, whereas this one it's like, oh, you know, big, you know, group of Marines or whatever, you know, trying to shoot them down. And it really was like a siege almost rather than like a horror movie. Yeah. I, I kind of like that more in a space horror movie. Then you're going to love Alien Resurrection. <laughs> I actually haven't seen that movie, so... Um, oh, okay. Let's not ruin it for him, because that's just an experience that has to is it, has to happen by itself, right? Is it really yeah. bad? Um, it's hard. the best. It's written by Joss Whedon, so it can't be bad. Uh, uh-huh. Okay. I'll, like I'll wait like and see, then. Buffy and Willow and Xander are hunting the aliens and stuff, and... Giles comes in with some wisdom. Yes. Ron Perlman eats a burrito. Yeah, God. I seriously think that's the only reason why uh, he showed up on set. Like, they're just like, he's like, oh, yeah, free food. All right, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Give it to me. This the movie's really weird, directed by some French dude who couldn't speak English with the cast, and he tried to inject some kind of weird Winona Ryder, uh, Sigourney Weaver, Ripley, slash her character, lesbian thing into the film and it's just really weird yeah okay i'll uh i'll wait and see and what is that two weeks yeah okay yeah i'm not sure of the what happens after aliens 3 or alien 3 whatever the title of this whole series is just alien aliens alien 3 alien resurrection prometheus and then to be determined shitty prometheus sequel aliens versus predator well yeah i I was wondering how the predator like because Alien, and the next aliens, aliens, Alien Three, Resurrection. Then, chronologically, is it Alien versus Predator or is Predator? Bo- Do you mean chronologically in universe or chronologically in the order of films released? Uh, universe, I guess. Or is yeah. it very clear in the universe? I've got. I know universe, that. it's Predator versus Aliens first. Then, well, in the well, universe, it's, it's Prometheus. It's it's Prometheus, Alien, Aliens, Alien Three, Alien Resurrection, and then. They don't consider the Alien versus Predator movies to be part of like the that universe of those movies because the backstories for the aliens and the predators are different. Okay. So, Aliens versus Predator, those two movies stand alone, and then. But they connected to the whole universe at the end of the second Aliens Predators movie. Because they get there's that gun. Basically, they find one of the predators' guns and everything. And they confiscate it, and they give it to a woman whose last name is Utani. Right, but they Prometheus retconned all that away. Oh, right. Yeah, okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah, and like Ridley okay. said, Prometheus is like the definitive version of the universe because I guess he shat on you know aliens versus predator, which he should. So. Yeah, I mean you know they're not really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the games are better than the movies. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, you never know really, like, Predator itself just takes place in, like, the 80s in a jungle. And then I think Predator 2 is supposed to be set in, like, 1997 or something. And that's where the whole association with, like, okay, these are shared universes or maybe came because you see, like, an alien skull or something in Predator. Yeah, you do. In in the The Predator ship. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, we'll get there. What if Arnold had been in Aliens? How do you think it would have gone? Is he a Marine or is he Mr. Burke? 
Is he's the mar- he's a marine? Though. He's like no, he's the marine. <laughs> he's the marine. See now, like, Justin's imagining Arnold playing Burke's part. They don't send anybody. He's imagining him in some of his like more embarrassing roles, like Mr. Mom or whatever, <laughs> like yeah. playing that sort of character in this movie. Right, like, <laughs> but he'd be stuffed into Burke's suit. Like, hi Emily, signed to your case here. I heard you just woke up. It's really unfortunate. <laughs> your daughter died sixty years ago. You want to talk about it? <laughs> Stop sleeping. That colony is worth so much money. <laughs> hey guys, come on here. Listen to yourselves what you're saying. It sounds insane. Why would I do that? <laughs> no, see, I, I don't see him as the corporate guy though. I, I would see him as like the marine. Like they oh, don't send yeah. in the team. No, no, no. Of marines. It, he would fit better as the marine. But I'm yeah, saying the be corporate guy hilarious. would be really funny. <laughs> like, he's wearing like the fucking tight suit yeah. or something with yeah. his muscles. To have like... him play Burke's part and try and read all those lines and just be like. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, come on. If you do this, we'll get your pilot's license back. You could be able to work again. You're real lucky, kiddo. <laughs> come on, Ripley. See? Yeah. But I, that's how I see him. Is like, the, like, they don't send in a team of Marines. They say, like, okay, you just need this one guy. And they send in Arnold, Burke, and Ripley, and that's it. And, you know, Ripley doesn't have to do anything, I guess, because Arnold just kicks ass the whole movie. Arnold murders all the aliens. Yeah, yeah. he just, like, crushes them with his bare hands. Like, ice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> just pulls out all his lines from the other movies Yeah, and he done. carries, like, all these guns, like, commando style or something. He's got all the grenades and shit. <laughs> what if the Arnold character from Commando went into hypersleep and then woke up to be sent by Wayland Yutani to rescue the team? What about that? <laughs> in 17 days yeah. yeah in 17 days yeah well remember in Aliens Colonial Marines what? that all happened what happened? <laughs> were you talking about that chick game? yes and oh. I'm, I'm sending out a warning to anybody listening is don't play that game I mean I think anybody who ever has looked at even playing Aliens games like heard of that and said nope Nope, nope, nope. Well, if they haven't heard of it now, it's just don't play that game. It's just so bad, and it tries to insert a bunch of crap into the story that should have never been in there. It's an abomination. Never played it, but I can agree with that. You lucky kiddo. Was Arnold in the game? Did he do any voice in that game? No, he should have. Thank God. It would have made it a better game. (laughs) Now we need to have a Kickstarter fund to get Arnold Schwarzenegger to go back and ADR all of Burke's lines. Billy! Come on, Ripley, I thought you would have been smarter. Come on. We'll be set for life. Nobody gets the exclusive rights. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, colonial administration steps in. Come on. Get to the chopper. Dropship. Get to the dropship. I just want to see him do the Ripley sitting on like the fake park bench thing like your daughter's dead. Oh, I was hoping to do this after the hearing. Yeah, we found some information here and opens up his briefcase, gets sorry, the paper out. Dead. Get over it. Yeah, I'm just sorry <laughs> to tell you she's dead. At the time of her death, two years ago. Like, okay. <laughs> just missed it. <laughs> You're really stupid. You should have been here for her. <laughs> Oh, Arnold. Oh, yeah. See, that's something we can review in the future, like uh, Arnold's sci-fi movies. We can talk. Yeah, we can. See, we're already talking about Predator. We can do Total Recall. Uh, We can do The Sixth Day. Total Recall in 1990. 
Yes, not 2012. No, 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 no. The Colin Farrell piece of shit. Uh, no, that's in the shit can. We don't. We don't okay. want that. Do his Batman movie. That is that sci-fi though. No, <laughs> <laughs> just fucking hilarious. Yeah, well, th- that'll be like a, you can do like a module C edition, like talking about non-sci-fi stuff. <laughs> are there are other Arnold sci-fi movies? There have to be. Yeah, I'm just not drawing them well, off. Terminator. Like the Terminator, Terminator obviously, yeah. but I'm not I'm just not drawing them off the top of my head. Junior. Junior. Is that sci fi? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, was that the one where he was pregnant? Yeah. Okay. Jingle all the way. Oh god. The jetpack at the end is clearly science fiction. Fifties <laughs> science fiction. Yeah. Stop touching my cookies. Put the cookie down. Yeah, put that cookie down. <laughs> Looking at his movies now. Oh, Kindergarten Cop. And Justin's Googling his movies. Kindergarten Cop, good movie. Yeah, that's sci-fi enough, right? I'm a cop, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that was the dumbest fucking movie ever. <laughs> it's not a tumor. I don't know. I think that uh, Arnold's dumbest movie was... Uh, End of Days. Twins? Yeah, I was trying to think of the title. End of Days. End of Days, yeah. Where he's, where he he's fighting the, the devil. devil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, I think that's uh, we've exhausted yep. ourselves. Conclusion, yeah. Aliens is the best movie in the franchise, according to a few of us. And uh, a few others think that Alien is better, but definitely two gems. Yes. We love yep. them both. Both great movies. Now let's move. The next week we'll move on to the ones. This is that like a roller coaster. We though. don't like, and why we've gone up the big ramp and like the chain, you know, and now we're ready for the big drop. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. going down. Yeah, Alien Three. It's, it's actually a, it's a really an long express drop. elevator to hell. Exactly, <laughs> it's an express elevator going to hell. down. All right, Sam. You All go right, down. we're going down. You said it. <laughs> I'm just going to save that sound piece. Hey, thanks for listening. Check <laughs> us out on Twitter. Uh, check out superhighsci-fi.com. Uh, check out YouTube since we're refilming the Let's Play Master of Orion operation because uh, certain hard drives came apart. All good things. Alien 3 next week. Maybe a module B. We don't know. Tune in to find out.